we spend a lot of time talking about plot and protagonists and about how the good guys of the story, whomever they might be, have to spend uh, their time and effort and energy trying to resolve the conflict or deal with the plot. They try to, they try to beat it or win it or something. And when we talk about how that character grows and evolves, we talk about a character arc and how that character takes on depth beyond just the fact that they're the doer of the plot. This is really uh, the most common expression for storytelling and really the easiest way to teach storytelling. There's a problem or a conflict. Somebody has to do something. And in the doing of that something, that person is changed. That is the straightforward way we teach writing and have taught writing and probably will continue to teach writing because it sides the writer and therefore by extension the audience, the reader, on the hero's side. There's nothing wrong with that. It super works. It's a great idea. Big thumbs up all around. No problem, no sweat. Now, however, here's the wrinkle. Here's the the fuzzy bits. Here's the problem. On the other side of the coin from the protagonist is the antagonist. And a lot of people, especially lately in the last six or seven years, have really had a movement on about making your antagonist sympathetic, blurring that line between all good and all bad so that you kind of feel for the bad guy. You you understand them. Maybe you like them. And while that's a gross, a supremely gross misunderstanding of what it is to be an antagonist, there is a kernel of truth to it. And it's an important kernel that I want to spend another minute or so talking about. Just as the character arc is central to your protagonist, the main plot is the arc for your villain. They don't necessarily need their own character arc because they have the doing of the plot. So if you have a conflict in your story, like somebody's going to bulldoze the malt shop to put up, you know, evil condos in the eighties movie, the attempt to do that, to consolidate, um, capitalist wealth, to be the bad guy of the story. That's, that's the villain's arc. There's nothing wrong with it. Now, when I bring this up, sometimes some people mention, well, yeah, but in a character arc, the protagonist is changed to some degree. Well, change doesn't necessarily only mean they undergo some kind of personality shift. Change is just a change to their status quo. If your character remains essentially the same sort of person, but they gained superpowers or they gained knowledge of something, but they're still that good person, like a, a lawyer who wins their first big case, gains the knowledge that maybe the legal profession is where they're meant to be, but they're a little jaded about it. Fundamentally, they don't change significantly as a person. The change, when we talk about how a character arc changes a character, should not only be thought of or limited to transforming the person in some kind of you know Scrooge on Christmas Day kind of thing. It can be that, but it isn't only that. And likewise, that same idea of transformation or change is true for the antagonist. Doing the plot will change the character's status quo because they'll be gaining something. Knowledge, power, money, victory over their foes, whatever. Their status quo, which they don't like, will be affected by the accomplishment of the plot. 
and the antagonist sees the plot as their best and only vehicle to accomplish their goal. Otherwise, they'd be doing something else in the story. You have to tie your plot to your villain to some degree because eventually when we have the climax of the story and we take our protagonist and mush them right up against and make them intersect with the antagonist, you want that tension to be at its peak. You want that tension to be its freshest and most intense. So you have a character who cannot let the conflict continue and a character who needs the conflict to continue in order to accomplish their goal. The two goals are at 90 degrees perpendicular to each other. One's the opposite of the other. And that's where you get your story tension. For a lot of plots and a lot of people writing plots where the plot isn't really strong, it's, it's a great idea, but it's being executed poorly. There's a better than average chance that this has to do to some degree with the idea that your antagonist is unclear and your antagonist isn't doing enough or motivated enough or has made their presentation clearly enough. It isn't that we have to have all antagonists be these major like mustache twirling, haha, I'm so super evil and it's super transparent that I'm evil. It doesn't need to be that. But likewise, it also doesn't need to be this hyper nefarious Machiavellian puppeteer of 10,000 puppet strings in the shadows vagary. There's a whole range in there, but you just need to make it clear that your villain needs and wants the action of the plot done to confirm or affect something about their character, about their personality, about their trait. And the inverse or obverse is true for the protagonist. They need to do the plot because of who they are as a person. And it is the effort of doing the plot that affects them in some way, changing their status quo, but not necessarily radically altering them. It's about bouncing those two things off of each other. And if you want to ever fix your plot, look at your villain. Look at what they're doing. Look at how they're presenting. Look at what they're trying to accomplish. Look at the skills they're using. Look at the the difficulty of doing it. Now, a lot of people scale the difficulty based on, well, they have like a wacky sidekick goon, like a hench person who's just there for levity or they, you know, Batman villains are weird because they're supposed to be these great super criminals, but they have stupid henchmen. Stupid henchmen are designed for ease of interaction with the protagonist. Batman kicks the shit out of them because they're really simple. That's all the boffin, pow, and kapow kind of stuff because we're trying to demonstrate that Batman is hyper-competent. If we give Batman, you know, a decent villain and turn it into something more substantial, some people, you know, complain that, wow, it's not supposed to be that hard for Batman, and other people complain that they don't do this often enough. And I picked Batman because Batman is a pretty clear example of occasional poor antagonist writing. We only really idolize the Joker for his complexity. We don't get a good look at Calendar Man or something. And we should. Because your antagonist is central to your plot. Not just because that's who the conflict is with. But without an antagonist or an antagonistic force, a plot doesn't feel like it's ever going to have enough challenge. And your antagonist lives and dies by that challenge. And your protagonist is changed by that challenge. So if you're ever trying to beef up your plot, take a look at your antagonist. I'll talk to you tomorrow.